I've joked before, this is one of my favorite stories. I usually read it around Christmas time, and it's one of my favorite because it's about old people. And I love old people. Don't you love old people? Some of you thinking, yes, we love us, John. Amen, amen. There were two piano players who wanted to do an experiment together, so they sat down to play a single piece of music. Now, one of the piano players was extremely experienced, had been playing for years and years and had done several seminars and all kinds of trainings throughout the years. The other pianist wasn't quite as experienced, not anywhere close, could play, but had no kind of experience like the other pianist had. So they sat down and they wanted to play the same piece of music and they wanted to see if they could discover that as a, an experienced pianist and a not-so-experienced pianist plays the same piece of music, could we discover what each of those people sees as they play? So they sat down and they had glasses that had um, technology that could trace the movement of your eyes. And so what they did, each pianist, they put on the glasses and they played the piece of music. Now, those of you who don't know, usually most people, right, tell me when you play uh, sheet music, you know, you spend time, you sit at the piano and, and you look at the music and there comes a time when you need to look down at your hands, right? Now, there are some, this is a side note, by the way, there are some people who never look down at your, their hands. Don't be friends with those people. They make me sick. Ugh. It bothers me that some people can do that and I can't. But most other people... They have to look at the music, and there comes a time when they will look down at the keys and the fingers. So both musicians played the same piece of music. And what they found, I think, is very striking. The not-as-experienced piano player played the piece and did a fairly good job with it. And as they were able to look back at the, the movement of her eyes, what they noticed was when she would look up, her eyes would kind of move side to side. And when she would look down at the keys in her fingers, there's a sort of centerpiece right here where your hands lay, and her eyes, as the fingers would move across the keys, her eyes would move with them. The more experienced pianist, though, when his eyes went down, you notice the movement that he had in his eyes did not stray very far at all, that he had a focus right here in the middle, that was able to help him do what he needed to do. Now, sisters and brothers, as you and I are here to, first and foremost, praise God, but also ready to close the, the chapter on one year and take our first steps into a brand new year, I think that is a powerful message for us about focus, about focusing on what matters most so that we can do the most. Now, maybe, you know, when, when the not-so-experienced piano player, when she played the piece, it sounded okay. It sounded good. Most people would hear it and be like, well, that sounds good. That's great. I wish I could do that. But when the more experienced player played, obviously there was more to it. It was a better sound. It was a better feel. And I'm going to suggest to you that part of that, part of what that one piano player learned that the other has not yet learned is the importance of a direct focus. That maybe we can get by and do some good things 
if we're kind of scatterbrained, but maybe we can do better if we're able to rein it in more and bring in our focus a little more. That maybe if we want something better for this new year, or better said, maybe if God wants to give us and show us something better, maybe the best and most faithful way that you and I can find out what that is, is to tighten our focus. So I'm going to tell you two things today that I want you to carry with you. I'm going to tell you at the very beginning, I'll probably tell you throughout, and I'm going to tell you at the very end as well. And those two things are this. One, don't forget God. Two, don't forget God's promises. It's become apparent over the years that the way faith looks like today is different than what faith used to look like before. Now, some of you are thinking, oh, yeah, when I was a kid, you know, we were this and blah, blah, blah. I'm not even talking about when you were a kid. I'm talking, let's go all the way back. Let's go way, way, way back. When you had somebody like the prophet Anna, did you hear what Luke said about Anna? She didn't go anywhere. She found her entire life. Where? In the temple of God. Let's go back to that. Do you think Anna had a focus on God? I think so. Everywhere she looked, God and God. Every part of her day was filled with some aspect of God, you can imagine. Everything she did, everything she said, just about every conversation she may have had, you can see how easy it would have been for her to be so focused on God and the glory on God and what God was trying to show her. And I know, sisters and brothers, I'm not telling you to move into the church, okay? I'm not telling you to do that. Right? It's bad enough people have their pews. Can you imagine if they moved in and had their beds here too? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm not suggesting that we move into the church, but what I am suggesting is that maybe like the prophet Anna, we could say, wow, what would it be like if God just wasn't on my radar, but God was my complete focus? Because you can have God as your complete focus and not live at church. I want you to understand that. You can have your complete focus and live in church like Anna, and that's okay, but you and I don't live at church. We're not going to move into church. We're happy where we are, and that's okay too. But you can still have your focus on God. And it has become very apparent, sisters and brothers. You see this. I see this. We've talked about it for years and years and years. There's not a big focus on God like there used to be. There's so many other things that scream for our attention. There's so many other things that tell us to, to, to look at me and to do this, to be a part of this. You can still include God. You can still sprinkle God on top of everything you do. But sisters and brothers, that is no way for the Christian life to live. Jesus is not a garnish to life. Jesus is the encore. Jesus is the entree. Excuse me. He's the, he's the main plate. He is the one that we all 
come for. He's the one that you say it's not printed on the menu, but that's what I want. Because that's the best you got. And I'm going to suggest to you, this is the time when people start making New Year's resolutions and all that garbage. Look, resolutions, I'm sorry, you're going to forget your resolutions, right? Raise your hand if in your years of life you've been able to complete 100% of your resolutions. You see what I mean? But you know what you can do? You can decide, God, I'm going to focus on you like I never have before. You can do that. You can decide to do that. And that takes shape in many ways. You know, maybe it's participating in a, in a, in a, a Bible reading plan with your church, right? Maybe it's coming to church. Maybe it's saying, all right, God, I'm going to wake up and pray. I'm going to, in the afternoon, I'm going to take time to pray. I'm going to do this. Maybe it's, it's, it's listening to sermons online. Maybe it's uh, uh, going to a Bible study. Whatever it is, there's so many ways. Finding the ways to focus on God is not the issue. The only issue is whether you're going to decide to do it or not. And what I want to encourage you, sisters and brothers, don't forget God. We come here on Sunday mornings and we say things like, oh, thanks be to God, I have been blessed. Oh, God has blessed me in so, way, in so many ways. God has taken care of me. God has provided for me. Jesus loves me. The Lord is good to me. And then we don't think about God till we get back again here in seven days. You know what that is? That's a focus all over the place. But a focus that is more centered says, I know who God is and what God's done for me. And I don't care if it's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. If I'm in church, if the preacher's next to me or not, if anybody hears me or not, my mind is going to be centered on the goodness of God. Don't forget Don't forget God's promises. The real reason why I love this story so much is because it involves two people who didn't forget God's promises. You know, I I was thinking as we were here reading, uh, particularly from the passage from Isaiah, at one point I wanted to look over and think, well, how many verses were we going to read? Oh, my goodness. I felt like that was going to go on forever. I was like, we're going to read the whole chapter of Isaiah? The whole book? What are we doing? But then, duh, there it is. That's just like us, huh? You see, we read those words, they oh, man, it goes on forever. Oh, that's good. Okay, yeah, yeah. But you see, somebody like Simeon and Anna, they read those words too. And I guarantee you, I've never met Simeon and Anna, but I, get Anna, but I guarantee you, when they read those words, they weren't asking to get through them faster. They weren't thinking, oh, I'm not going to hear this again. They held on to those words like you and I probably have no idea about. They held on to those words because in those words, if you heard and you read, go home and reread them, you see that God had promised something to them. 
And Simeon, Anna, and probably so many people like them were not willing to say, God, we're going to let you off the hook with your promises. It's okay, God. You love us. Uh, You can do what you want to do now. They weren't willing to let go of what God had promised. And I think it's significant that Luke tells us they're old. They've been believing for a long time. And you know what else they've been doing? Not seeing it come to pass. That's what we forget. Year after year after year, they kept thinking, this is the year. This is the year. This is the year. This is the time that God's going to fulfill his promise. And you know what happened for so many years? Nothing. Or so it seemed. Until one day, a teenager named Mary, and maybe someone who's a little bit older, his name is Joseph, they bring in the baby. Now understand this. Simeon, he's probably seen hundreds of those babies come through. Because this is something that the families did. They didn't forget God. That's what Luke tells us. This was part of what they did. They were there for the purification. Now, Jesus isn't there to be uh, purified. Mary is there to be purified after having pregnancy. I'm sorry, that is what it is. But Mary is there to be purified through the sacrifice. But Jesus is there to be presented. He's there to be named. He's there to be circumcised. And and Simeon had seen so many people come through the temple to have the same thing done before. And we don't really know why. We don't really know how. But as they come in, Simeon knows the promise of God. (laughs) He snatches that baby from Mary and he starts praising God. Because in this new life, He recognizes that God did not let go of his promise. A lifetime waiting. After about five years, most would have been like, you still waiting on Jesus? You still waiting on God? After 10 years, we said, well, maybe it's time. Maybe you need to rethink your plan. After 15, after 20, after 30 years, most of us said, that dude's crazy. He needs to come up with a better life plan. And so many more people like him probably heard the same thing, but they held on to God's promise. Sisters and brothers, don't forget God and don't forget God's promise. God has promised to us peace. And if you haven't gotten peace yet, hold on. If you haven't gotten healing yet, hold on to that wheel. If you haven't gotten restoration yet, don't you believe that God says, eh, I don't want them to have it. Don't you believe that God doesn't want anything but blessing for your life. And that doesn't mean stuff. That doesn't mean riches. That means what he gives. Don't let go to the promises of God. I don't know. I don't know if this is the year that you will receive those promises. I hear some preachers stand up and tell you, oh, you're going to be blessed this year. We're always blessed. We're loved by God. Hello? We have life. Hello? We are always blessed. But I don't know if this is the year that God is going to bring those promises to fruition. But sisters and brothers, here's what I'll tell you. Hang on hope that it is. 
And if it isn't this year, God's still going to give you what you need. God's still going to give you the power to hang on. God's still going to give you the faith that Simeon and Anna had to say, okay, it's not here yet, but I know God doesn't turn away from his people. Sisters and brothers, don't forget God. And don't forget God's promises. And if you do just those two things, I do know that whatever happens in the coming year, you will be assured that you are blessed by God. And if you want help to remember God, to remember God's promises, I want you uh, to pray with me. And let's ask God for everything that we need to do that, for the focus that we need, for the faith that we need, for everything. If that is your prayer, I want you to pray with me. Oh, blessed Lord, here we are, the last day of, a, of an old year. We are ready to take a step into what is new. Understanding, God, that these days and these years, they probably don't mean a whole lot to you. These are markers that we have. These are ways that we have counted our days. What matters most to you, though, Lord, is your children. And that's us. And we know we matter to you, God, because we are still celebrating the birth of your son. We are still celebrating that Christ came to us to bring salvation, to show us your light. That shows us, God, that you love us. So now, Lord, we ask that you would help us as we have received your son into our life again. As we have received the blessing of Christ, help us, God, now to put our focus on you. For some of us, that's a refocus of our life. For some of us, that's going back to something we had before. It's returning to something that used to be. For some others of us, God, this is the first time we've ever thought to do something like this. But here we are, asking for your help to focus on you, to remember you, and to remember your promises. And we know that you will hear our prayer to you. So in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen.